This is the Ghost Podcast, and this is your host, Rosemary. Does a ghost ever come back from the dead? Today, we're talking to two previous guests from season one and what happened when their ghost rose from the dead, or in other words, became a zombie. On episode six, we had a listener from North Carolina call in and tell us a story about being ghosted by someone who lived in her actual apartment building. That episode was episode six, Comfort Comes Around. So if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you go and check that episode out. But we also have that listener back to give us a recap on updates since she recorded her episode. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here again. So what's going on with you? Tell me what's new and what's happened and maybe give us just a quick overview of your original ghost story for people who haven't heard your episode. Yeah. Um, quick overview ghost story was that I had um, met my ghoster at a bar. Uh, as you had, you know, just mentioned, we um, live in the same complex um, and we found all this out the night that we had met. So he literally walked into the bar and sat beside me without with us literally being strangers at that point and found out that we lived in the same complex. He had just moved in that week. And not just the same complex, like he lived on my floor, like 10 doors down. It was great conversation, really great connection, um, felt a little bit of chemistry. Uh, but anyway, we had hung out for like three and a half weeks. It was almost a month um, of us texting every other day, um, hanging out maybe uh, once or twice a week. And uh, the night that he ghosted me, he had invited me to a neighborhood bar down the street um, with his roommate. And I, I hadn't known at that point that his roommate was his best friend. So I, I figured that that was like kind of a, a good stepping stone. But it, at this point, we had really just been hanging out because he hadn't paid for any of my drinks or really like he would walk me home, but he never kissed me goodnight. So I was still kind of cautiously trying to think like maybe this is just like him being new to the city and wanting someone to like hang out with as a friend but we ended up like making out for three hours that night and then the next I think two days later I finally texted him asking if he wanted to hang out that weekend and I never heard from him again um and so uh I a week after that I did send him like a courtesy text of saying you know like I've been having fun hanging out with you if if there's something that happened or something I said I hope you feel comfortable enough communicating it to me. And he never responded to that one. So clearly he was not comfortable communicating something with me. Um, Which is so, what was he thinking living in the same building? I still can't get over that. Yeah. My brother said that that was a bold move and, and, and the whole thing, cause like I, this was my first dip, if you can even call it dating, but I, the, when we met, it had been two years since my last relationship with a boyfriend and I hadn't even cared about guys or dating or anything at all. Like quarantine in 2020 helped, but I just, I I was just new at the whole thing. Um, but I, but I knew that sometimes guys like hook up with girls and don't talk and stuff like that. It was just, it was just weird because you don't, he just, he was this huge question mark because in my mind I was like, like, yeah, like you may, most guys like, like they make out, but they don't, like they, they want to go all the way before like ghosting or something. Um, and I think that the fact that, and, and some people tell me they're like, yeah, well, sometimes you like make out with or hook up with someone and there's just no connection. It's like, yeah, but usually you find out that there's no connection, like less than three hours in, like there's, there's just like, there's just, there were so many like question marks, which now should like probably be red flags. But, um, anyway, so that like, um, I was just thinking about this the other day, like that, that happened, um, June of last year. So it's, it's, um, it's been about like nine or 10 months. Um, my gosh, since, 
since that happened. Um, and so we went the whole summer, uh, without talking to each other, but we did live obviously in the same complex, same neighborhood. So we would see each other at the bar that we met at every now and then, uh, almost every weekend. Uh, but it was always from a distance. Like we were always on opposite sides of the room. Um, and that was sort of how I started learning how to conduct myself. Cause I was like, look, I can either be the bigger person here, and just try to play this as best as I can, or I can just be really immature and in his face and like going up and like trying to cause drama and ask him what he did and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I really started the game, like a sense of security. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that having him close around helped me gain, helped me gain a sense of security. Um, but it definitely was like good practice. Um, because like I couldn't control the I couldn't control the fact that he left my life and I couldn't control the fact that he was still like hovering around in it. So I did start to sort of see myself shift from an anxious attachment style into a more secure attachment style. It's the end of September and I'm out doing a birthday celebration with my friends. And it's like past midnight at this point and it's my 30th birthday. So of course, like I'm, you know, am way more buzzed than everybody else, but it's past midnight and most people have gone home at this point, except for one of my girlfriends. And so we decide to go to the bar that him and I are known to be regulars at because it's the only one that stays open that late in the neighborhood that we're in. And anyway, so we go in, we sit down and I'm looking at the drink menu And I'm already going to say this. So when I reconnected with my ghoster, it was by accident. And when I mean by accident, I really mean that literal sense of the word. I did not reach out to him out of desperation. He did not reach out to me out of boredom or being horny. Like, so I sit down, I'm looking at the drink menu at this bar and my friend starts nudging me and giving me these eyes. And I'm just like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, that's him. And I'm just like, who? And she goes, that's him. And I was, I'm looking around the bar and no one's in the bar. Everyone who's in the bar can fit at the actual bar themselves, not the booze or anything. And I'm looking around like him, who, like, what are you talking about? And she's like, he's on the other side of me, like at the bar sitting like right beside us. And I was like, no, it's not. And I literally to prove her wrong, I look over and smile and wave and say, hey, and he turns around and he sees it's me and he gets his big grin on my face. And I'm just like, God damn it. Okay, so here we go, I guess. But he like comes over, walks over, uh, introduce him to my friend. And we all end up like hanging out and talking until six in the morning. Um, and I woke up the next day and I felt like I was in a fever dream. So I'm just like, what, what the hell like just happened? Like this guy, I swear, like was, I was never going to talk to him again and not even see him except for at a distance, like on the other side of the road in the neighborhood that we share. So anyway, like it was a great night. And even the next day, my friend was like, literally, like if you cut out this entire summer, you and him basically like picked picked up right where you left off from that last night when you ghosted each other or when he ghosted you. And so he, he apparently him, cause his roommate had joined us at that part at um, like later that night too. And so apparently he and his roommate enjoyed hanging out with my friend and I. And so like 
on Monday, like a few days later, he texted me and asked if we could all start a group chat and like start planning like fun things to do for the fall and stuff together. And like my mind is still being blown. I'm, and because at this point I had changed his name in my phone to the ghost emoji. So there's this ghost emoji constantly blowing up my phone in this group text message with my best friend and his best friend. And I am just like still in this fever dream. I'm just like, I'm like, I need to like literally stiff arm this right now because he technically really should not be in my life. Like this was literally by accident. So in my mind, like he had like during this whole process of him being back in my life, I kept telling myself, like, he should not be in your life right now. Like he should still be ghosting you. And I think that that was like my safety mechanism um, or defense mechanism. I don't know. But anyway, that's the way that I kept trying to cautiously be cautiously open minded about about him being back into my life. Did he Um, at any point say anything to you about the ghosting situation? Yes. So one of the first things that we decided to do for the fall was to get, um, go to like a fancy cocktail bar. Cause they were doing like pumpkin spice cocktail specials or whatever. My friend couldn't join me at that time. So it was just me, him and his roommate, which was literally the exact same setup at the exact same cocktail bar of the night that he ghosted me. Um, and so now my mind is just like, what is going on? Like you literally like went into some vortex and went back in time again. And his roommate, like, I don't know if it was like perfectly timed or if it was a coincidence, but his roommate got a phone call and stepped out of the bar for a few minutes and my ghost just jumped right into it. He, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't batter, he didn't beat around the bush. He literally was just like, and it was basically a follow-up response because the night that we reconnected of on my birthday, there was a point that I had turned to him and was like, you do know that you ghosted me, right? And he's and he's like, yeah, no, trust me, I realize that that's exactly what I did. And so um, I guess like flash forward, like we're at the cocktail bar, his roommate like steps out to take a phone call and he just turns to me and he's like, so you mentioned the other night that you wanted to make sure that I ghosted you. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I just want to explain why. And he went into it. He he apologized. He ex- Basically his explanation was one of those things of like, when things get, because when things get too physical with the girl, that means that there's something real or potential around the corner and that scared him. And he didn't know what to do about that. Um, and I also don't remember, I can't remember if in my podcast episode with you earlier that I had mentioned that we're six years apart. So he's six years younger than I am. So he's explaining that. And I'm thinking about his age and it's not justifying anything, but things are starting to make sense um, because he is human at the end of the day. Um, and and I and I did know that one of the things that we both liked about each other was that when we first met at the beginning of that summer before he ghosted me and we were hanging out, it was like the second or third time that we hung out. And we both were vulnerable about the fact that because of quarantine and stuff, it had been a long time since we were in a relationship cared about dating about with people and let alone been physically vulnerable in any way, shape or form. So we were on the same page of that and it made us like, and so I think that when we did finally become physical after a few weeks of hanging out, he was just like, what is going on? Like I'm new to this city. This girl's six years older than me. I am like, my life is not together. I don't know. So he was basically saying that he liked you too much. He got scared. I guess he, he just said, he just says that it freaks him out. I I, th- I just don't think that he's like mature enough to like handle the possible. He's emotionally unavailable. So like when someone like me comes along, I think that that really makes him think like he like 
when I'm emotionally available, that's not something that he's like going towards. But yeah, so he did like me. He saw potential. And so when things like took the next step, that just like freaked him out and he didn't know how to handle it. He even admitted to me that the night that we reconnected, he saw me walk into the bar, even though I still didn't recognize him and my friend did. And he admitted to me later on, he was like, when I saw you walk into the bar, I, I can't remember if it was from like, like American dad or family guy or something, but apparently there's some scene where like the main character is like, I don't know how to socially handle this right now. And he was like, that was going through my mind the entire time. That's why I wouldn't look at you. And your friend was pointing me out. He was like, I could hear her talking to you, but I just kept focusing on the TVs because I literally didn't socially know how to approach you, how to have you there, like right next to me. Like I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, that's kind of bad. That Like I literally am like, we aren't at a distance from a bar. I'm actually like almost sitting right beside you. And you still as being my ghoster at that time, didn't know how to just like casually, like even just say, Hey, like he didn't know how to talk. He didn't know how to communicate. And so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have mixed. We all know that's the biggest street of ghosters. <laughs> to this. Yeah. To this excuse by yeah. men that they get too overwhelmed and just freezing ghost. Right. And, and I will preface this, like my, you know, my, my story is not anyone's story. What, whatever happens won't ever justify it. He, he definitely has a lot of growing and maturing to do. Um, but that doesn't mean that I didn't learn things from it and that the listeners can't learn anything from it either. I'm just curious. Do you think that he would have ever told you or said anything if he wasn't forced into that situation? I don't think so. That's why I told you that I, that whole, that I, I, I think it was, we reconnected at the end of September. It was at least through December that we were pseudo back in each other's lives. And, and the entire, I guess that's what, three months. Yeah. So like for like the entire two or three months that we were back in each other's lives, I kept telling myself, like, don't read too much into this because like he could disappear again. And like, he, he should still be ghosting you right now. Like we shouldn't, we accidentally reconnected with each other. And that's what was crazy of like this fever dream that I kept feeling like I was living in every time, like we would text every time that we would hang out because I was like, we shouldn't be in this situation right now. Like we should still be ignoring each other, but whatever, like life planted you in front of me again. So like, I'm just, like I said, I'm going to approach this with a cautiously open mind. Uh, but yeah, so, so like, this is all happening in October. Um, we did finally, uh, well, I hate using the word finally, but like started hanging out enough um, that we did have sex because the first time was just making out. And there was a conversation that we had one time when we, when we were just hanging out one-on-one where we surface level hit some notes about our most recent serious long-term relationships. His had lasted for about two or three years. Mine, mine was long. It was eight years and sort of touched on the trauma bonding and just kind of highlighting the impact that that had during and after, which led to like, why we were both sort of like not ready for like anything serious like that. Cause at the time I, I didn't want anything serious. Even when he, when he came back into my life, I had met two other guys that summer that I, I was seeing other people. I, I was keeping my options open. There are two other guys that were really great that I, that, you know, yeah, it, it kind of made him be a third guy, like tacked onto that list. But I, none of the way that I approach my dating is that like every guy is an option until one really makes me think that like he's worth getting rid of all the other ones for, but that, that's a, that's a huge hurdle to like get over in my book. So I wasn't putting him on any kind of pedestal just because I had known him previously before all these other guys. But we, yeah, we like 
um, it, it was just crazy to me because it's like, we go from like not talking to each other for like three months. And then all of a sudden, like I'm on, on his calendar, like almost every single weekend, basically. And we like did the Renaissance festival. Like I'd never been to an EDM show and he loves those things. So he took me along with like his roommate and like one of his other best friends and stuff like that. But the more that I did get to hang out with him on this basis and kind of peek into his world, like I did understand him a little bit more and and understand that he is just this kid that doesn't understand how he he's I I I just it's I guess it's just one of those things where like I know a lot of people when they get ghosted they they ruminate and they try to make sense of the situation and there's a lot of people who think that it had to do with them but I was just fortunate enough to get reconnected to really understand that like this literally is like him and his personality and how he's approaching certain situations when he's around women. And, and not that I needed that as a validation. I already knew when he ghosted me that there was nothing I did wrong. I completely stand by everything that I said or did up until the point that he ghosted me. But I think I was just one of those fortunate ones to kind of see that there's always more sides to people that, that you don't know about that makes them tick and that makes them act the way that they do. That doesn't justify it. It just makes them human. And at the end of the day, like, if you died tomorrow, should you really like spend today crying or being like anxiously attached, like trying to wrap your head around a human? Because there's literally like 9 billion humans in the world. And it's just, there's not enough time to do that. You know, you got your own life to live. But we did have the conversation because I was like, I, I did tell myself that I'm at least going to set my boundary for this because we did talk about how he's got the avoidant attachment style he still needs some space figuring out like if he's ready to jump back into considering some kind something that that could have potential. And so I told him, I said, look, like I will respect the fact that you still need space, but if you ever are interested in me, even right now, just a little bit, every once in a while, you're going to have to step into my space. You know, you're gonna have to come hang out with my friends. Like, you know, I'm not going to expect too much from you because I understand that like you still need a distance to figure things out, but like this needs to be a compromise. And he agreed to it. He said that that's fair and that he's willing to work on it. And I even told him, I said, you can't ghost me again because I am literally just a girl. I'm a human too. Like I'm, I'm just someone like literally sitting here in front of you talking to you. I'm not a monster. There's no reason for you to be scared of me. Like, does an idea of a relationship sound scary? Yes. But like, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not an idea. I'm I'm this person in front of you trying to communicate and figure out where our boundaries lie. And that's, he understood that. Like he, he said, he's like, like, I understand that that's fair. Like I'm willing to like meet you halfway on like both those things. And that's this whole concept of ethical dating is that you need to remember that there's people behind these apps, that there's real people Mm -hmm. and dehumanizing behaviors like ghosting and benching is just, you're doing it to a real person with real feelings. Right. Yeah. And I think Um, the apps have just made people forget about that. They just think everybody's just a swipe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why um, that I try to stay away from the apps because it is easy to just like get so distracted in your own life and like not answer things. And like, there's been times when I feel like I accidentally go to someone and it wasn't on purpose, but so yeah, it was, it was definitely different with like him and I meet in person and then always seeing each other in person. Um, Cause I added like an extra layer to it. I definitely think that 
it's definitely not worth trying to figure out the other person though. I, I cause I like, I, I know there's a lot of rumination with the readers and stuff and like trying to pinpoint and psychologically like analyze them and stuff like that's going to drain you as well. That's going to send you down a spiral that where you should be focusing on, on other things that, that you love and putting your love and your pain and in, into other passions or hobbies that you forgot to revisit for a while, or even starting a new one or, I, or just reminding yourself that like, there are so many people in your life right now who want to put their time into your life and who want you to put their, your time into their life. And so like, if you do ever feel, you know, even if you don't reconnect with them, if, if they ever, if you feel those ruminating thoughts or those anxious thoughts come up, like just text a friend or like text a guy that like, maybe you're not that interested in, but he could be a slow burn and you just got to give him time, you know, like literally there's just like so many, like, ways I think that the world is always trying to tell you that you are worthy of someone's time, even if it's for a short amount of time, but the world is trying to tell you that you're worthy enough. But you're, if you're so anxiously attached to one thing, then you're missing those small moments. You're missing the world literally telling you that you've got so much value because you're only focusing on one thing at a time or one person at a time. So I definitely encourage the listeners to just try and like, keep that. I don't know if you call it an open mindset, but just, just have your eyes wide open, I guess. And just see the little things that you might be missing just because you're focusing and and being really upset about what this one person did. The one thing about it is that a lot of people think that if you don't react to something, or if you don't, um, I guess react is the right word that, that it doesn't validate you. Like, you know, so many of my friends told me that all those times that I saw him at the bar while he was still ghosting me that summer, they were like, well, we would have gone up to him and told him off. And you decided not to do that. You just decided to smile and wave and move on. And it's like, well, yeah, because like, that's not where I'm not, I don't choose to have negative energy in my life and going up and causing that kind of drama. Like, it's just so much, it's just so much easier to, to not, go about it in in that sort of way, because then that kind of like keeps that negative energy inside of me. And why should he keep negative energy inside of me? And why should I allow him to do that? Um, I think it's just like all about, I think a lot of people say like, it's all about like how you choose to react to things, but just because you smile and wave at a ghoster doesn't mean you're allowing him to be right. You're just choosing to protect your energy. It doesn't devalidate what it is that you went through, your feelings and you being hurt and heartbroken and very upset and angry and all these things that you're feeling at once and at different times and the whole tornado of things is completely valid. And don't ever take that away from yourself. It's just about how you, how, how you heal and and get over it. But, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that going about it in in a reactive attacking kind of way yeah, and there's a whole concept of decentering men because as women, we're taught to focus on men and to pursue them and to try to get their attention. And it's almost like a biological, physiological drive that we have and a societal yeah. pressure and the way we were raised. And this idea of decentering men and not making them the focus of our life, like you're saying, right. is to just focus on yourself, your own self worth, and mm-hmm. your own purpose. So, what's your status now? Are you still dating? No. So I saw, I think I saw him last month. We were, we were both in the mail room. Um, and there's like, there's like two other things. Uh, so I think we went most of November actually without talking to each other. And my friends are like, he ghosted you again, but, but I, but he didn't because I'm still in these group text messages with him and his friends where they're making plans and stuff. I never went along with them for other reasons in my life, 
but I was like, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't still be like having this open invitation and stuff. If he didn't know that I was part of these group texts and like knowing that at any moment I could say, yeah, I'll tag along, see you Friday or whatever like that. I wouldn't have been able to like, like figure out that like he literally just like probably has ghosted a lot of girls because he's just this huge nerd that doesn't know how to socially approach women and doesn't know how to handle maturely handle situations and communicate and stuff like that. Does that justify anything? No, it doesn't. Once again, I was just fortunate enough to be able to like see that he's just this guy with a bunch of flaws and everything that happened literally is because like of him and not because of me. And I think that your listeners listen to a lot of podcasts, read books, read Instagram posts that always say it's not you, it's them. And that just sounds like bullshit, but I can actually tell you from experience that you may, you're not going to get the experience that I do to actually prove that like, it is them. It's not you, but like, I promise you, like sometimes it helps like having someone who went through it other than just reading an Instagram post to actually like justify the fact that like there are so many other things going on with the person who ghosted you that you are probably never going to know about i just found found out those reasons um so don't i really don't want your listeners to spend weeks or months or you know a long time just like really being upset about a lot of information that they don't know that probably could help them out if they did know it i also think like the last thing i'm going to say is the whole play on silver linings is that you know, one, one of the three guys that I was seeing when my ghost reappeared for my life, I ended up, we never became boyfriend and girlfriend, but he ended up being very consistent in my life for six months. Now for reasons that we both mutually decided on, we're not in each other's lives anymore, but he taught me a lot about what I wanted in an ideal partner, things that I never thought I wanted in an ideal partner, but I, I now do and look for other guys. And I would have never gotten that great experience from him if I had to just solely kept myself secluded to being upset over this ghost or even like if the ghost came back into my life pushing all the other guys aside and anxiously focusing on him again so I really do think that if life takes somebody out of yours that it is really for a good reason and I I didn't find this guy I think it was, it was, it was like about two and a half months after he ghosted me originally when I found this guy. So it was, it was, it's, it was a long two and a half months, but like, there are so many reasons why life doesn't want someone to be in your life anymore. And I know you're not going to understand it now, but it will come to you one day, whether it's like two weeks down the road or two years down the road. And you're really just going to have that aha moment. Like, this is it. Like, this is why that person isn't there anymore. Like there's some, that's one of the reasons why I have my Instagram account comfort comes around because like, it really does. Like you have no idea when something's just going to pop into your life and make you feel better. And there's this quote from this TV show about how when one person when one person leaves and some someone or something else comes along because the universe has some weird way of always keeping the same amount of love in your life. So just remember that and just have self-compassion for yourself. Um, it's just, just hang in there. And I really, I really hope that, you know, anyone who's listening, like is just working on themselves to heal and, and not just heal over this heal into a secure attachment style as well, because I do I'm going to take like kind of a liberal assumption that most of your listeners might have an anxious attachment style, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's like all that my story is. Well, thank you so much for sharing your updates. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy hearing it and thanks, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again.
For those of you who listened to episode 16, Fairy Tale and the Ghost, we heard the story about someone who was love bombed in London, had a cross world date, and was then ghosted. And after several months, her ghost actually came back and she has an update for us. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> so I know your story was so interesting and so extreme. So I'm sure yeah. everybody's really curious to hear what happened. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? This is actually, even I, even I can't believe the next part of the story. So, okay. So as you know, um, I was flown over to America, had a whirlwind romance, amazing road trip, met the family, um, et cetera, et cetera, got back and was ghosted. And the last time we uh, exchanged any messages was at the beginning of December where he sent me 27, 28 pictures from our trip. And then that was it. I'd never heard from him again until I did. Um, but he, there was no uh, Christmas message. There was no New Year's message. There was no birthday message. And as I, I think I told you before that I sent him a message, I didn't go crazy, didn't go psycho on him, nothing. I just kind of figured, okay, right, this is not happening for whatever reason. And I knew that he was safe from the contact that I'd had with his aunt. So I was like, okay, cool. And I was sure that I was never, ever going to hear from him again. Like I had gotten to the point where I was no longer even thinking about him. I'd moved on. Randomly, one Friday afternoon at 3.43 p.m., I was at work, working from home, and this was on the 11th of March, and he messaged me out of the blue. Um, and yeah, he said, good afternoon. I've been meaning to text you for a while now. I was gone for a short bit, and now I'm unexpectedly deploying due to recent world events. My apologies for the terrible communication on my part, and you no doubt deserve better. I'm deploying in a short amount of time, but wanted to mail you out the souvenirs from your trip. What is a good address to send the gear out to? Happy Friday. So weird. Like no mention. I mean, he does say sorry about the bad communication, but it was definitely more than poor communication. It, it was definitely more than that. And there was no actual explanation either. I was away for a short while, but actually I know so mysterious. from his auntie that he was at his place in America or around Christmas period. I know that for a fact. So it's kind of like, I know stuff that he doesn't know. I know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And what do you reply to that? So if I'm really honest with you, my first reaction was I got a little bit emotional. Because I guess that I'd been waiting all this time and had finally got to a point that I was not no longer pining, wondering, thinking, overthinking. And that's when he comes back. And it was a little bit shocking. So I called my friend immediately. Anyway, I did reply. And I know that there's like, you either just don't ever reply again or there's certain ways that you reply because I've read so many blogs about what you reply to a ghost of. I decided I was going to reply in the way that I felt was right. Um, so do you know what? 
I didn't even acknowledge most of his message. I didn't ask him any questions at all. And I can read you my reply. Said, hi, thanks for the message. Good to know you're still alive. Sure. And then I write my address. Bit of a tragic situation with World War Three at the front door. Wish you all the best on your deployment. And then my friend said, you know, you're never going to receive anything through the post from him. Um, you know, what a weird thing. It was just a way for him to reach out to you, contact you, et cetera, et cetera. Surely enough, a week later, I receive a massive box through the door full of souvenirs that I had bought when I was with him. Some of those souvenirs he'd bought for me. He also even included some of the sacks that we bought for the road trip and we didn't open. Two of them were out of date by the way. It's literally like he just dumped everything in a box and sent it to me. The, 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 I was just about to say the junk. I should be so rude. The souvenirs probably all amounted to about, I don't know, $10, $15 max. And, um, and the postage stamp on the front showed $70. So he spent $70 to post me Souvenirs, half of which I didn't even remember I bought. So anyway, I received it. I I did have a little laugh with my sister and my mom, actually, because it's a really funny situation. Um, In short, I did thank him. I also made a little bit of a backhanded, passive-aggressive comment about the snacks that were out of date. And long story short, since then... There have been exchanges of messages, probably about no more than once a week, once every couple of weeks. And they're really crazy messages because there's nothing flirtatious. There's, by the way, a big point that I've missed out is right now he's based in the UK. He hasn't asked to meet. He's told me that he doesn't even get weekends free because he's busy with flight operations. And so we've just been having really kind of like civil chat. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how when we did your episode and I had predicted he was going to come back because it's such that classic narcissist, love bombing, withdraw, love bombing, withdraw. I wonder what his... I do think what your friend said is probably right that he had reached out with sort of this excuse about the souvenirs. Uh-huh. But how but do you then feel? To actually send them. Yeah, again, maybe it's just a way to see your reaction. I also guess that if money is no object to you, whether it's $70 or $7 doesn't really matter to somebody like that, really, does it? Well, and I feel like maybe he just wanted to see what you would do because obviously he knows he was in the wrong for ghosting you. And maybe he wanted to see if you just wouldn't reply at all, or if you'd be pissed off, or if you'd be accusatory, or, you know, kind of gauge his next step from there. But why? Because that's to him, if he's a real true narcissist, it's just a game. And to be honest, I think his game isn't working because I'll tell you why. So he 
never actually ask so how are you how are things going in your life he asked he he just made a statement I hope all is good on your end or I hope things are well with you something to that he doesn't really care about you he just wants to know that if he reaches out and wants to see you again if you'll you know what your tone is like so the interesting thing I mean maybe not that interesting is I know he didn't ask me how I am but I proceeded to tell him (laughs) exactly how I am I told him that I'm great I told him that I've got a new job. I told him that I've been away a few times on holiday. I told him that life is really good right now and I'm so happy. I told him all these things that that are the truth, um, but hopefully showed him that I wasn't just one of those girls sitting there, pining after him, ready to fire questions about why he'd left. Because let's face it, he was never going to tell me the truth. Somebody like that is never going to tell you the truth. For all I know, he had another girlfriend and now they've split up and now they've got anything could could be the situation here. I forced I forcefully put on him information about my life that he didn't ask for because somehow I wanted to take control of the situation. I don't know if it worked or not. And so since then I, I told him that I've been to Spain, I've been to Athens, and then he went on to sending me a picture from when he was in Athens some time ago. Athens, great city. This is a picture of me from when I was there. I've been there several times. You know, the history is amazing. This this is amazing and that is amazing. And that's been our last communication. There's been absolutely, as I said, there's been no sexual innuendos, no flirting, no hints of... You know, even him testing out, would I see him again? Nothing. What if he asks you, what would you say? Uh, That's a really good question. I've actually thought about this. I think it would be really hard to say no if I'm really honest with myself because I'm still curious. I I, I still, obviously, I'm not going to go on like, you know, I'm totally over it, don't care, never going to speak to him again because I have been messaging him back. I think I would meet him out in a public place for a drink or for dinner. And I think that is when I would ask him questions because doing it over text is just, it is pointless. If that opportunity ever came up, which previously I would have said no chance, but now he seems like such an unpredictable character that God knows what could happen next. Would almost be a way to give yourself some closure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so, because I obviously still want to, I've forgotten the hurt because it was so short. I'd only known him for what, like three, four months. And it was such a whirlwind. And during the time it felt so surreal anyway, I wasn't really living in the present. I was just like, wow, is this actually happening? So it never really registered. And when it did, it was in December, January time when I was back in London. The weather was awful. I had COVID and all of my grief came out at the same time. And I, and I was really lucky to have my best friends and, and my family for me to talk to about it. So it kind of everything happens so quickly. The holiday happened and meeting him happened so suddenly. Going on holiday happened so quickly. I came back and got straight into work mode and grieved so quickly. 
And then it was almost like that window, that era had kind of passed and I was on to uh, the next part of my life, which luckily involved a new job. So a fresh start and a month off in between where I got to go to different parts of Europe. So I had that time to kind of get over it. So now I feel like, meh, do you know what? If you want to meet, I'll meet. If I never hear from you again, I'm also completely okay with that. I'm not pining for him at all. I'm I'm only responding to him when he messages me. Um, so I don't really get what he wants from this. Well, you'll have to keep us posted if that if he does request a meeting and what happens. Yeah, I will I will keep you posted every step of the journey. Don't you worry about that. And thanks for taking so much interest in this and thanks to all the listeners as well yeah really appreciate being able to share this crazy situation with you all thank you for the updates keep us posted will do thanks i hope everyone enjoyed hearing an update from a couple of listeners from season one if you would like to share your ghost story please reach out to us at theghostpodcast.com on instagram at the ghost podcast stories or send us an email at theghostpodcaststories at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, please leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcast so we can help get the word out about this ghosting podcast to more people. And as always, thank you for listening.